Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Jim Snedeker. Jim, are you ready to do this? George, I am. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on. Let's go. Jim is the co-founder and CEO of Stock Manufacturing Company. They are the top workwear creator for premium hospitality brands. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Jim, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm uh, personal life. I'm 38 years old, married, two kids, live in uh, the Logan Square neighborhood of Chicago, grew up uh, just around the city and went to school in Ohio and back in Chicago and run this business. That's that's basically the, that's the whole story as quick as I could. Nice. I like it. And how did you get into that? Into the business? Or into my marriage. Which uh, everyone you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so for the business, actually, I was uh, I was working as a, um, a media sales rep uh, in Chicago, working downtown. Um, back in like 2012, I had an idea for a business. Very, very foolishly started that business with no real safety net, not a lot of money, and not enough experience. Um did that with a with a partner, and we ran that for about a year and a half. It was pretty apparent almost from the beginning that it was not going to work out, but we just kept tinkering with it. And kind of serendipitously, I had an idea to pivot the business um, into more. So it was a, it was an apparel like drop shipping business, and I had the idea to pivot it into um, something that was doing actual manufacturing in Chicago. We were going to crowdsource demand for for products and and find a factory to make them in Chicago. The factory we met with uh, ended up becoming one of our first partners for the business that became stock. But more importantly, I met Tim and Mike who were uh, clothing designers working out of this factory. I met them, they're my two co-founders of the business and we ended up merging their business with our business and kind of just smashing them together and figuring out what our business was over the next nine, nine years. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, how has, how has working with partners been? Uh, it's, I mean, it's great. I, I don't know. I hear about people who, I, you know, you don't, I guess you don't hear about a ton of people that start businesses totally on their own. Um, but I, it would have been pretty much impossible for me to try to do something like this on my own, not just from a motivation and like, uh, accountability standpoint, but just skill sets. I mean, Mike, Tim, and I have three completely different skill sets that just work really well together for what we're doing. Got it. So, yeah, there would have been no business without partners. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. All right. So, and stock, I, I mentioned you're a top workwear creator for premium hospitality brands. What does that mean? Yeah, so we design and manufacture uniforms and, and a fair bit of merchandise for Hotels, restaurants, bars, uh, liquor brands, beverage brands, cannabis dispensaries. So it's really like premium. T- we we lean much more heavily towards front of house. So basically, we're making your staff look cohesive with your design, your brand ethos. The uniforms are high quality. They're they're well designed, and they're uh, you know you look like you're dressing your staff appropriately instead of just sticking them in a, a black shirt and black pants and calling it a day. That's Got it. The, the easiest way to explain that. Yeah. 
so this is not when I'm seeing Cintas trucks driving around, dropping off basic white shirts and black pants. Correct. Yeah. People often ask us if Cintas is one of our competitors. I'm like, well, from a revenue standpoint, no, uh, they're, <laughs> you know, a multi-billion dollar company, but it also like, we rarely are in a position where it's like, Hey, we're thinking about going to Cintas or you guys, right? It's like, there are the, the companies that have Cintas, you know, it's great for a holiday and express or a quick service restaurant, but we're, we're a lot more like boutique hotels and cooler, trendier restaurants, however you want to put it. But that's, that's really more of our, our aesthetic. Yeah. So walk me through a, a, a typical engagement that you have with, um, I don't know if there's a great example, it's XYZ hotel, it's a boutique hotel. And they say, you know what, Jim, we, we've been wanting to do and sort of up level on how our staff is presenting. How does mm-hmm. that conversation go usually? Yeah. So it's, it's very, it, more often than not, it's inbound or a referral. That's really been, um, the main growth driver for our business. Um, and it generally goes something like we get an email and they say, Hey, we're looking, we're opening a new hotel in downtown. Uh, uh, let's see. What's the, what's one we got coming up in, in Telluride, Colorado. We're opening a, a, a rebranding our resort in Telluride, Colorado. Uh, we've hired this design firm, this architecture firm, and we're really looking to make this like a, a, we want our uniforms to really stand out. So we'll have a phone call. We will send them generally our catalog, some links to our website, some case studies, have another call, um, get an idea of what they're looking to do. Then we'll put together design renderings. So like literally an illustrator will put together like kind of almost 3D model, three-dimensional um, mock-ups of what the uniforms will look like and how we're envisioning them. And then we'll go back and forth with some feedback. And then generally, if it's all really custom stuff, we'll make samples of everything, get the samples approved, and then go into full-scale production. Um, more often than not, we're creating our uniforms tend to draw a lot like the, the core pieces of the uniform come from our in-stock selection. So stuff you can go on the website and see, you know, shirts, pants, vests, blazers, stuff that we carry year round full inventory of. That is generally uh, how we kind of build out the base of the uniform. Then we add on custom things, custom aprons, custom pins hats, uh, vests, you know, things that, um, when you hire, when, when a hotel will turn some people over or make some new hires, they don't have to go and get every single piece of the uniform, um, custom made with a four week lead time and a 50 piece minimum. Um, so we, we try to have shirts and pants and some base things that are in stock and you can order one or two at a time and then create the custom pieces on top of that. Nice. So does, does client typically have in their mind's eye, what they're thinking, or I'm sure it probably, it probably depends. Yeah. It's all over the place. So we have some people come to us with literally like mock-ups and they're like, Hey, can you make this? Those are, um, they, those can be really easy accounts or those can be really difficult accounts, um, depending on how exactly close to the, uh, the samples or the mock-ups they're bringing that they want us to get. So yeah, there's definitely clients that just come and they know exactly what they want. They ask us to knock something off or, uh, or, or make something based on a sketch. Um, a lot of times it's, Hey, here's our brand book. Here's the renderings. Like, cause you know, like the space is designed, it's built out. It's every, all of that is done before anyone starts thinking about uniform. So we usually have, uh, at least a brand identity and some renderings of the space to work off of. It's if it's a new place 
and that, you know, they'll come to us more often than not clients will say, you know, I really don't want anyone in a tie, but I want them to look dressed up, you know, uh, Hey, the rooftop is going to be in the outside in Memphis, Tennessee. So 10 months out of the year, it's sweltering hot. Can you put, make sure they're in something light and breathable and short sleeve, like things like that. We get guidance. A lot of times it's very rarely where someone's like, I have no idea what I want design me anything right there's usually guidance that's the most the most frequent um and then as you know i'm i'm sure you're familiar with the design by committee there's also sometimes where we're working directly with the creative director or, or one person who's overseeing the whole concept the owner or the executive chef if it's a restaurant uh and then sometimes we've got eight nine ten eleven twelve people that need to review and, and approve everything and everyone's got a different idea and everyone saw some jacket they liked in the new bond movie they were watching and they want to make that for the valets. You know, there's just, it, it kind of runs the gamut. The, the ideal project is when we're working with one or two people and they have like a good idea of what they want, but are flexible to our sort of expertise. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tricky, right? You know, they yeah. call a camel, right? It's a horse made by a committee. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that gonna, is true. We're going to come up with a goofy looking uniform if everybody gets to have a say in this program. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I, I guess maybe um, how how do some of the top brands in the world how, how how are they thinking about uniforms? So I think that the top brands in the world think about uniforms as an extension of the overall concept, right? So uh, nowadays it's not really just hey, you open up a restaurant with white tablecloths and the food's really good and you get a, one good review in the New York Times and now you've got a hit restaurant. Um, there's there's execution at many levels because there's a lot of competition and there's a differing uh, set of expectations for what diners these days or travelers these days expect out of their experiences. So it's, you know, you have to have a, a killer menu. Uh, well, you don't have to have really good food. It, there are restaurants that are successful without great food because they're really cool. But um, ideally, you have a great restaurant, you have a great staff that's well-trained and knows their stuff. And then you have, but you know, you're also hiring uh, someone to create brand identity and the graphics for your menus. You've got someone consulting on the lighting. You've got an interior design firm creating the perfect space. A lot of places are like, where are we putting our Instagrammable moment now? You know, where's the spot that everyone that's going to show up on Instagram for everybody? Uh, and you know, you've even got people designing the sound, right? Where do the speakers go? What volume it's at? Uh, what kind of playlist are we having at a certain time of the day? So if you do all that, invest all that time and money, and then again, you have your staff in like, everyone just brings their own pair of jeans mm. and uh, you know a, a white polo shirt, like you're just kind of, you're ruining that fantasy for the guests, for the experiences, right? It's really jarring to see someone in like a very poorly fitting or, or ugly uniform when the rest of the space is so tied together. So we're really, we're just sort of like the uh, part of the design an aesthetic experience of a restaurant or a hotel or a, even nowadays cannabis dispensary. Yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I don't know how you are, Jim. I imagine that, that we're probably similar is that when I go into a restaurant, I look at everything I'm checking out just, mm -hmm. and, and I'm really, a lot of the time I'm looking at the small details because you can tell, okay, this is a company that didn't either, they didn't have a lot of money or time. And so they skipped yep. and kind of cut corners here and, Certainly, the way the person is showing up, um, the 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 waiter, waitress, the hostess, whoever it is, that's the first impression a lot of the time, and it's an ongoing yeah. impression. So, yeah. For for organizations that that they say, um, 
Well, I'll just ask a question. Is, is an organization yeah. too small to work with you? No. Uh, actually, that's sort of, I think that might even be on our website that we talk about. But I mean, we have clients that I, I can think of one right off the top of my head that has one barista, one or two baristas, and, and only counter service inside, right? They got six stools around the counter and two baristas. And what they'll do is they'll pop on our website and buy two aprons with a discount code we give them. And the baristas will wear those aprons until they, you know, want to switch it up. And we'll also even design merch for them that they sell out of the coffee shop. But yeah, I mean, we work with 400, 500 room hotels and we work with coffee shops that have one or two baristas. There's, there's no size limit at all. And we have solutions for everybody. Nice. Okay. So it's not like I'm too small. I don't have the, uh, I can't get into a more custom feel to it. Um, right. I mean, you know, there's, there are MOQs for, there's minimum order quantities for, you know, custom pieces. Like, you know, if, if someone wants a vest out of a certain fabric or, or whatever, like that's, there are MOQs, but we have a wide variety of things that are in stock that have no minimum order quantities as well. And those can be screen printed or embroidered if they want to. So this, this new world of, not that cannabis is a new world, Jim, mm. but certainly mm-hmm. from a, it's a whole new industry yeah. potentially, and it sounds like it's a mm-hmm. new industry for y'all. How did that happen? So it happened, the first cannabis company that we worked with was their lead designer, the guy that was tasked with the project there, knew us from a different apparel gig that he had had. And, they, and part of his responsibility plate was design new uniforms. And he said, well, I'm going to just have stock do that and I'll tell him what I want. Um, so that was the first one. And then I just kind of used that name to uh, I hit up a, a contact I knew at a, another big cannabis company and said, hey, we're doing this for these guys. Uh, do you guys have any interest? And um, they didn't at the time, but a month later they did. And now we work with them pretty extensively. Nice. I love it. Yeah. And I, and I think the reason the cannabis stuff happening now over the last like year and a half is with legalization happening more and more and more licenses being handed out um there's it used to be like you you got a, a rec license or a med license or whatever and you you could open a dispensary in the middle of nowhere in like a wood shed and you'd have a line down the street because it was the only place to get to get legal weed now as with any other industry, it's getting more competitive. There's more licenses. There's, there's, you know, there's already places that have come and gone out of business and it's, uh, it's still a cash cow, but it, now people are, they're at the point where they have to start differentiating their brands. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. I just sort of thinking through that process. I, I live in Arizona and mm-hmm. Arizona legalized recreational marijuana last year. And I think that a lot of the places are actually starting to come online now. So Interesting how uh, how brands will choose to yeah because in my mind's eye I see a bunch of people just wearing whatever they want who yep. work at the store versus having a uniform and why wouldn't you have a uniform it's just probably because you haven't thought about it yeah there you go just growing up the brands a bit yeah nice yeah. <clears throat> um as as you are as as the business has grown and evolved and you're working with different brands is is there a frustration that you com- commonly come upon or kind of a sticking point that some brands can't, can't get over a certain hump? They can't get their brain around something. Sticking points in the design process or sticking points for like, uh, did you mean 
in the process for designing something or what they're doing with their current uniform solutions. What they're doing with the the current. Yeah. So uh, really where we kind of found our first angle of how to like approach talking to potential customers um, was that we could create retail quality uniforms, but we could guarantee continuity of those pieces. And we had very dedicated customer service. So an example of that is a, a big restaurant group here in Chicago. They came to us because they were, they didn't come to us actually. I had someone who worked there tell me, hey, you should reach out to them about this because this is what's happening. Um, they were, you know, a, a big, busy restaurant, a huge restaurant group too. They were sending uh, assistant general managers or hostesses out before their shifts to go like scoop up a bunch of stuff at uh, Nordstrom for the hostesses to wear that night, right? Yeah. Or, or they would open a new place and buy a shirt, a tie, and a jacket from J. Crew, and then next season that's discontinued, or they go to reorder and they're they're sold out of that size and they're not going to restock it. So our kind of angle is, you know, we can create stuff just as nice uh, as as any of these retail brands, but we'll guarantee that it stays in stock. That was like the big first angle, and that's a big hump that people have to get over a lot is. Um, building a uniform solution that looks good and is reasonably priced, but also kind of works for the three, four, five, six, seven years you plan on using that uniform. Yeah, that makes sense. And it seems, uh, I, I, I don't know that I'm surprised by a really nice restaurant just sending people out to Nordstrom's, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it happens all the time. So yeah, how about that? Well, Jim, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Yeah, I, I've thought about this a lot, and I think the 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 biggest tip I, I could have as far as like building and starting and growing a business is look for ways to reduce friction for your, your customers at all times. So that's what we do. Try to make finding you easier. Try to make understanding what you do easier. Try to make ordering easier. Try to make uh, customer service, exchanges, returns, whatever, easy, 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 easy. Um, and that work. That goes for me for like individual consumers who go and buy one thing on the website and that process for them, but also for B2B clients who are ordering hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from us, um, how do we make it so it's just easy to work with us? That's like my, that's the number one thing I work on all the time. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. And I bet. Anybody who's listening that is a business owner and is attempting to sell a product or a service, if they were to go through and look at every link in the chain, probably different places where people can get tripped up and smooth those out, remove the friction. I love it. Yep. Well, Jim, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Our website is stockmfgco.com. And all of our social media handles are at StockMFGCO. George, I also have a coupon code for all of your listeners to use. Um, first-time customers can get 20% off if they use the code GEORGEG20. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jimmy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to StockMFGCO.com. And enter the coupon code GEORGEG20 for 20% off. Thanks again, Jim. Thanks, George. Appreciate you having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. 
you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.